Hello, friend. I'm Mike McCurry. You're listening to the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. I greatly appreciate the fact that you would take time out of your schedule to spend it with me right here on this program. My desire is that we communicate a thought from the Bible today that's meant a lot to me, and I hope it's a blessing to you as well. Turn in your Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel 17, while you do that, let me tell you about a gospel tract. This one was written by a pastor's wife, Miss Joyce Angel, Pastor Terry Angel's wife. Uh, Brother Angel has been at the Faith Baptist Church of Bourbon, Illinois for about three decades or so now. His wife is a lady that my wife looks up to. She's taught uh, lady seminars and things of that nature. Just a good woman. She wrote this gospel tract and she reached out to me and said, would this be something you might be interested in? And I'll be honest with you, we get a lot of folks that ask, do you have any interest in our gospel tract? And sometimes they're great, sometimes not so much. But this one was phenomenal. It's called, It Was a Pleasure to Meet You. And I have it in my hands right now. This gospel tract can be ordered for free at BibleTracksInc.org today. BibleTracksInc.org. You can go to our website and you can order these gospel tracts. We'll send them to you in bundles of 25. If you'd like them, we'd love to send them to you today. We don't even charge for the shipping. Now, if you'd like to donate, if you'd like to partner with our ministry, we won't refuse that either. But go to BibleTracksInc.org and order this gospel tract today. This gospel tract is greatly used by a lot of people. We probably sent them out by the hundreds of thousands now. Uh, I'm almost sure it's over 100,000 that we've printed and distributed. But this gospel tract is for a very specific use case. When you have the opportunity to talk to someone, you connect with them for, I don't know, 15, 30 seconds, maybe a minute or two. But because of time and things of that nature, you don't have enough time to really get into the nitty gritty of the gospel. And you'd like something to give to them. Well, this gospel tract is the one that you might need. It says on the inside, just a while ago, our paths crossed for a few brief moments. We exchanged a few pleasantries and then we went our separate ways. But if we had been together a few minutes longer, I would have looked for the opportunity to ask you this question. Do you know for sure that when you die, you will go to heaven? This gospel track then leads beautifully into the plan of salvation. If you'd like to get this gospel track, go to BibleTracksInc.org today and we'll send you some for free. 1 Samuel chapter number 17 is where we are today. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Let's look here. Verse number... <laughs> oh, chapter... Verse 17, chapter, uh, verse 29. And David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? David, of course, in the scriptures right here, he is talking to his brothers. He's talking to the men of Israel because they've seen this man, Goliath, come off the other hillside across the valley of Elah on the other mountainside, and he has just absolutely lambasted them. He has absolutely denigrated them. He's offended the God of Israel, and nobody's doing anything about it. And David here says, is there not a cause? Verse number 30, and he turned from one from him toward another and spake after the same manner. And the people answered him again after the former manner. Basically, he's looking at people. Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? 
Verse 31, and when the words which words were heard, which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul and he sent for him. Now remember, King Saul and David have some history. At this point, not really a bad history. King Saul has this uh, evil spirit about him. He has a bad attitude and the, the chamberlains and the advisors of King Saul advised him that they need to go find a young man that plays the, plays the harp beautifully, plays some good music, and just have it kind of playing in the background to kind of appease Saul's spirit. And David becomes that young man. That's chapter 16 of 1 Samuel. And so King Saul hears about that young man that he knew, the son of Jesse, who's saying some brash, some bold, some what almost seems braggadocious sayings here. And David said to Saul, verse 32, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth. And he, meaning Goliath, a man of war from his youth. We talked the other day about how when we declare war, when we say we've got to do something, is there not a cause? Number one, we've got to be available. We've got to be aggressive. David is aggressive here, but then we have to be willing to take action. And it's apparent that David is willing to take action in these verses right here. He's willing to talk to everyone around him, including the king. Now realize, the Bible tells us that King Saul was not a small man himself. He was head and shoulders above the people, not just in spirit, not just in temperament, not just in his, in his identity, but physically he was a very large man. And David, who Saul describes as but a youth, is talking to him and saying, we've got to do something. David said unto Saul, verse 34, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. He is more than available. Yes, he is aggressive. He wants to take action. What does he say here? Verse number 37. And David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. Pause there for just a moment. When we declare war on the world, the flesh, and the devil... When we decide that we've had enough, that we're done with playing patty cake with the devil, we're, we're done with shaking hands with sin, we're done, we want to wash it off, we want to live in a righteous manner, realize, of course, we're never going to reach sinless perfection, we're never going to be perfect, but at the same time, we can fight against wrongdoing. We can try to live as righteously as possible. When we decide that we're going to declare war, because the world has already declared war on us, when we're going to do that, We've got to do something else. Not only be available, not just be aggressive, not just take action, but in the militaristic sense, we've got to recall ambassadors. You see, when a war kicks off, you don't just leave your ambassadors on foreign fields to, to uh, uh, negotiate things. Now, there, there are times for negotiations, but there comes a time and a place when you evacuate the embassy. When you say it's not safe for any of our people to be around here anymore, but let's think about that for just a moment. What am I talking about when I say recall ambassadors? 
there's a time and there's a place to compromise. Sometimes among the family dynamic, sometimes in the workplace, sometimes in different circumstances of life, there's a time to compromise. I don't mean compromise convictions or principles or Bible things. I'm talking about there's a time to meet on some middle ground. But when it comes to sin, friend, there is no room for compromise. It's time to recall ambassadors. Too often we act like, we talk tough, we, 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 perce- we, want, we want to put on a perception to our Christian brethren and sisters that we, we're going to declare war on sin. We're going to live a holy life. We're going to be all we should be. And we put on our Sunday morning best and we live a little pharisaical. Because while at one, one hand we talk a good talk, we don't at the same time walk a good walk. What am I talking about? What you do on Sunday is not what makes you. What you do on Sunday, friend, is not what makes you a good Christian. What you live on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and, yes, on Saturday, that is the mark of a true Christian. I heard it put this way. Let me think for just a moment, make sure I word it correctly. There was a man who said, a wise man, I think it was Spurgeon, maybe Moody, that character is the the test, I'll paraphrase, character is the test of what a Christian does in the dark. Meaning, basically, what you do when the lights turn out, that is who you are as a real Christian. That's the mark of character. Could I go one further? I heard it put this way, very sagely. That not to disagree with Spurgeon or Moody, whoever it was that said that, but instead of character being a test of Christians in the dark, wouldn't character be more wisely stated as a test of those who just stay out of the dark? Who stay out of those temptation circumstances? Who just stay away from the, as the Bible says, abstain from all appearance of evil? See, David was not going to go down into the Valley of Elah and meet with Goliath and just howdy with him for a little bit. They weren't going to break bread. They weren't going to just go out for a cup of coffee and talk through their differences and figure out where's the middle ground here? How can we compromise? How can we reach an amicable solution? Friend, no, there were irreconcilable differences between the Philistines and the Israelites. Nothing was going to be hashed out. There were no need for ambassadors. There was no need for negotiation. Friend, Can I also say, there's no need for negotiation with sin in your life. Some things are just tumors that need to be cut out completely. The sooner we learn this lesson, the sooner we have the opportunity to actually live a triumphant Christian life. Not to skip too far ahead, but David goes out there and he confronts Goliath. And what happens? Goliath ends up with a stone in the middle of his forehead. He falls down, and then David detaches his head from his body and holds it up. I want you to think about that grisly, grisly atmosphere of the picture there, of him holding up with the gore and the blood dripping out of the bottom of it. You say, that sounds like, I don't want to hear that at this hour of the day. Well, friend, that's how you need to get serious with sin. There's no room for negotiation anymore. It's time to get deathly serious. Can I talk to you teenagers for just a moment? Maybe, just maybe, you can't handle your phone right now. Maybe there are too many things available to you on your phone that are absolutely stunting your Christian growth. 
maybe there are some things you're looking at listening to or party to that you know you just need to cut out of your life. Can I back up for just a moment? Parents, adults, maybe you can't handle your phone either. Maybe you can't handle your computer. Friend, I won't go into the statistics, but the amount, the percentage of you under the sound of my voice that habitually look at things on your phone, tablet, device, computer that you know go against the righteousness of a holy God, the percentage of you that do that habitually is insanely high. And you know if I'm talking to you right now. Friend, it's time to do surgery. It's time to stop negotiating. It's time to take drastic action. It's time to declare war. Can I encourage you to declare war today? Could I also exhort you to join us one more time for the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast this week, tomorrow. I'm going to encourage you to join with us tomorrow. Bible Tract Echoes, we would love to talk to you on the Friday broadcast. Hope you'll join us. My prayer, my aim, my goal is that you have a great day for His glory. We'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 604 a faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.